social media the way that it is, people crave authenticity more than anything now. They're sick of trying to wade through the BS. You've seen those iconic musicians that are icons. They're their they're amazing, amazing, amazing icon status. Super incredible, weird record, weirdest record ever. Completely <laughs> out of touch, makes no sense. And you're like, what are you doing? It's not like you achieve just perfect tranquility in the balance. It's you're fighting both sides constantly. Somebody calling you and being like, hey, I uh, found you on the internet and I work <laughs> for The Voice. Would you like, the next thing is like, would you like to put a down payment for your audition? That's what I was waiting for on. Your yeah, do when I'm playing music, I do the thing and I am the thing. But offstage, I'm not. And I thought that was a weakness forever. And nowadays. Today's guest you'll know by the name of Wilkes. He grew up in a very musically-minded family that played the church music every Sunday. And he played the drums, but he was too short at the time and couldn't even reach the kick pedal. That's how young he was. And his first serious band was High Flight Society. We, had, we ended up having a 12-year a twelve year run. Went, had a bunch of record deals and stuff. But when I joined that band is when, when we played together for the first time, I was like, oh, this sounds good. Maybe I could actually do this. And that's when I, I switched to being a professional musician was the thing I was going to be. And um, I ended up, my first year of college, I went to college to play baseball. And after, right after the year started, High Flight got a record deal. And I made it official. Their 12-year run had a lot of adventures, including being the official band for country music star Sam Hunt. We were right at a decade or eight or nine years into high flight. And uh, I grew up with Sam. We graduated same class from same school. We played baseball together. He was the center fielder and I was the shortstop. So we, we nice. worked directly together and uh, we weren't, we were in, we were in different friend groups, but we're friends enough. So when Sam decided, I think he made it to the pros as a kicker, but he was a quarterback. So he didn't, he, he like, I don't know. There's something there. I don't even remember, but he ended up not, <laughs> not playing football and wanted to move to Nashville and be a country singer. So he, which I told him was a horrible idea and not to do it, but he did it anyways. And then, um, <laughs> look how it turned out. Scotty Darn actually, <laughs> I know it turned out great. Yeah. My advice was horrible, but, um, me and Scotty, the drummer went to see him one time play with, um, a lineup of three or four dudes from Nashville that were not, not bad. Obviously they were good musicians, but it just wasn't awesome. Like he, Sam was great, but his yeah. band, you could tell they were phoning it in and just whatever. So afterwards, um, I basically was like, Hey, high flights, not touring super heavy right now. When we're off the road, if you want a better band, we can be your band and you'll, you'll be way better live. And, um, we ended up doing that. And, um, basically high flight was his band for two two or three years. At this point, things are going pretty well for high flight society. So you're probably wondering why did it end out of nowhere? Our drummer ended up, he was, got up to go to, um, to worship rehearsal one Sunday as him and John and Michael all played at the same church. And he got up to go to 
rehearsal before church started, which was pretty early. And he had a seizure and fell and hit his head on his piano and uh, passed away. And we don't know. We don't know if it was the seizure. It was just a big, just a big one that uh, he just couldn't handle, or if it was head trauma from the piano. But and at that point, we were we had we'd been a band with the same lineup for so long, and we were all best friends. So even yeah. Even even now, it's been a long time now, and even the idea of playing without him feels mm. gross. So we yeah. just we just kind of we didn't officially stop. It's just everybody around us was kind of like, oh, yeah, we we get it. So we just kind of fell just fell off the earth. At this point, Wilkes took a step back from music. He sold all of his stuff except for one old acoustic guitar. He bought some camera equipment to start a photography business, went on a mission trip to India. But in the end, music just had a way of pulling him right back. Eventually ended up landing on the solo thing, but there for, there for a while, everything was just really gray. So mm. it, felt, it felt really, anytime I'd get on stage and somebody else was behind me, it would feel weird because I would turn around and uh, I mean, 12 years of turning around and making eye contact with Scotty was weird when I would, I would know it's not him behind me, but at some point I would turn and my brain would forget. And then I would see yeah. the other guy and be like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing here? Or I knew you sounded, <laughs> oh, you sounded out of the pocket and I, like, I'm not used to somebody not being in my brain on drums, like yeah. following me instinctively. And then, um, I ended up joining a band called disciple as the bass player and background vocalist. And, uh, that was high flight toured with disciple a few times. And I became good friends with all those guys and they needed a bass player. And Kevin, the lead singer knew I wasn't on the road at the time. So asked me if I would fill in and that, that turned into being in the band for, for three years. And then after that point is when I went all in on just being solo. Yeah. What keeps you going through the slower times? Um, well, nowadays it's my wife and my daughter, my, my, obviously both of them, but in a, in a metaphorical or not metaphorical, but in a emotional and spiritual sense, both of them, but in a very literal sense, my wife does like, and I'm actually saying you're not allowed to stop playing music because you're frustrated. I quit mm. being stupid about it. So I've, since the one, the only time she's ever allowed, allowed me air quotes to sell my stuff and quit was when I did the one time that I went to India and mm. I think just circumstances, everybody was kind of like, yeah, whatever, let's, let's figure out whatever we've got to do. And if you've got to hang music up for a minute, let's, let's do it. But I think she, she married me as a musician. And I was already in high flight and I was touring a lot when I met her. And, um, I think she I even put it, I put it in my wedding vows. Part of it was that if she wakes up one day and says, I don't want you to play music anymore, then before she can, before she could even get it out of her mouth, I would say, okay. And I would quit and I would sell my stuff and I'd do something else mm. because I've seen it destroy so many families and it's just not worth it. But yeah. what's ended up happening is the complete opposite to where, I get frustrated very consistently and uh, she's the one that's like, no, it's, it's going to work. Like it's, it, it can't not work and you have to 
you have to just do and she'll you have to just focus and do the thing or go downstairs and record something or whatever and um so she's literally like physically the one that almost forces me to not stop takes a lot of character to keep going but then it takes a lot of character for a wife to be able to call her husband out and it sounds like she believes in you wholeheartedly because obviously she wouldn't say those things if she didn't believe in you that you could make it work right yeah so yeah powerful. she says she says a um i can't remember exactly how she's she's put it but she said a norm a number of times that she would be basically at the end of our life she would be more mind blown if what i'm doing didn't basically explode she would be more surprised at that than if we found ourselves in a position where it finally worked mm. she wouldn't be like oh yeah this is so crazy i never expected she would she said that she would be the opposite i would be the one that's like it finally happened i can't believe it and she's gonna be like yeah i told you like shut up that's <laughs> cool there is sometimes that lack of confidence when you're bringing something to the world and maybe it's because and I don't know, maybe, so I, I dabble in music a little bit too, definitely not even close to where you are, but it's interesting when you start to listen to yourself and I feel like with music or whenever you record yourself, when I record myself in a podcast, I'm my biggest critic because you can go back and listen to yourself and, and you know what your weaknesses are, you know, you know where, where your range ends with your voice mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And there are so many people, especially because you said social media makes is brutal and makes the music yeah. industry more brutal. And there's even more of a comparison between yourself and another person. And because there's always going to be someone with a crazier range and whatnot, or, you know, better falsetto control, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you know, they can, they have a, a knack for creating just really cool rhythms and, and melodies and whatever. But th th it's the best feeling in the world when you, when you put a part of your authentic self out there and it's accepted, you know, after all these failures and, and I don't know, that's, that's what keeps me going sometimes is just like that one little piece that was accepted. You're like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird thing, a weird, uh, place to live your life in music industry and social media. Um, just because it is so cutthroat, but it's, it's literally like for a, a very dumb example. Um, I, I'm one of those guys that when I see the comment section, I can see a, a thousand people saying like, this is the best thing ever. Then I see one guy trolling it that just says something, just trying to get a response. I just want to reach through the computer and be like, I know what you're doing. You're just trying yeah. to get me to respond to you. So here's a response. And I just can't, I can't not do it for some reason. I'm trying to get better about it. But an example of that is um, I posted a video I can't remember what it was, but it was a, a video of me singing in kind of my lower register. And I was kind of, hmm. it was very, very easy to song, sing song. And it was more about um, me loving the song as I think it was a John Mayer song. Oh yeah. Loving the, the instrumentation and the, and the lyrics. And I didn't want to just over do the thing that I do to where I just flip it on its head. And um, 
some guy in the comments, there, there's this thing I always get with auto-tune. People think I'm tuning my voice, and it drives me insane uh, because I've I've worked for so long to yeah. be able to do to be able to do it well. And then there's so many people that interpret that interpret that these days as a oh that sounds pretty good. It's probably fake, and it, it drives me crazy. But um, yeah, this one guy was like, this guy's obviously tuning his voice, and he don't even have a range. He's singing in maybe three or four notes. And I just I replied and was like, dude, watch. I sing in a four octave range. Watch my videos. Yeah, and that's, that's unreal. Your range is that's crazy. A, well, it's, it's, that, that goes back to the thing where I was saying people like me and I think a lot of musicians in general, we're uber confident, but then we're uber not. Mm-hmm. So I can, if you put me in a room with another singer and I'm looking them in the eyes and they're like, there's a crowd, we have to, them, we have to impress them. Let's see who can, let's see who can do it the fastest. I'm like, man, you're, I'm, I'm going to eat your lunch. I'm going <laughs> to, this is going to, and, and I'm super confident in it. And it, yeah, I have, I have a pet peeve about people being, being cocky and that whole thing. So it's, I do everything I can not not to go into that, but I have this confidence that happens. Like when the voice wanted me to do the, the voice thing, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do that. Like, like they're, it's, it's going to be fine. I've been doing this a long time. I I know I can impress them. Even yeah. if I suck on my standards, I've, I've got a thing that I know is there. And at least the musicians in the room are going to lock in with it and know it's there. So I'm confident. Yeah. But then there's the other side to where I'm also not at yeah. all. And it's, that's, that's the part that I was saying. I don't know how to, how to even explain. I can't reconcile, reconcile that, but I, it exists. It doesn't even come in waves. It exists simultaneously at the, at the same time. It's like, I know I can, but I also know I probably won't. And it's, I don't I don't know. It's, it's very strange. Maybe no, I, I feel like that comes with experience. It, it sucks. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when people set out on this journey, when they go out by themselves, start a music career or start a business, there's this overconfidence sometimes that they have that they're just going to be like, I'm going to make eight figures in my first five years, you know, and just they, they, until they get beaten down, it, it brings sobriety. And I think that just comes with experience sometimes where you're like, well, I, I I have confidence in this because I think I'm pretty dang good, but who knows, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I I can look back and I've had, I've had that confidence thing since I was little, but so it's always been there. But I think the retrospect of looking back at the things I was so confident in at the time that didn't work out. And then I look at them now and I see why they didn't work out. And I'm like, man, that thing that I thought, the thing about that that I thought was amazing is actually was the weak point of the whole thing. And I couldn't. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't know it. But there's also, I mean, my, we used to, me and my brother used to do these shows in our living room to where we would, we would sing for our grandparents. And my brother would stand in front of them with his chest out and really milk it. I would only nice. do it if they let me sit on the floor behind the couch. <laughs> where they couldn't see me, but I knew like, nice. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Cause granny is going to, she's going to love this. Ugh. And I was like, but I can't have her look at me while I do it. 
<laughs> so I gotta, I gotta hide. <laughs> so there's, there's, it, that's in there somewhere, but that's so yeah, funny. looking, we've had arguments with record labels in the past, even that were like, you need to do this. And I was like, no, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then five years later, I'm like, Hmm, should have did that. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was a compromise and it was the, it was the machine keeping me down. Turns out it was just a guy with good advice that happened to work at a record label. And I should have took it. <laughs> You live and you learn. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So how did the voice start? How did you get into that? Um, that's a, another good example of my, um, I don't know, my weird personality that's probably shot me in the foot more times than it hasn't. But um, I actually got, I got a call or an email, a call. I got a call from a, a scout for the voice. And uh, it showed up as some number I don't know, and I don't answer numbers I don't know. And yeah. uh, it went to voicemail, and it was like, she said, "Hey, I saw your video on YouTube. My name is so and so, and I'm a, a talent scout for The Voice. I wanted to know if you would be interested in, in um, talking about being on The Voice." And then immediately after that, I got an email from her that basically said, "I just called you and had the same thing." And uh, I was like, "That's fake. That's." But she calls called me again like an hour later, and I answered. And, um, I still wasn't convinced it was real. I thought not because it's like the opportunity of a lifetime, but just because it seems somebody calling you and being like, Hey, I, uh, found you on the internet and I work <laughs> for the voice. Would you like, the next thing is like, would you like to put a down payment for your audition? That's what I was waiting for on. Yeah. But I found out after talking to her for a minute that it was real and, um, but I had that that thing to where I've I don't know music music lives in me a certain way to where I'm obsessed like overly OCD obsessed with authenticity with everything and I want a lot of those record label things I mentioned earlier that I wouldn't do it was yeah. all based in like that doesn't feel authentic to me at the time and oh. I'm not doing that like you need to sing about this I'm just like no. Or you need to like maybe do no, I'm not gonna do that because I don't want to do that. And now that feels not authentic and I'm gonna run away. So mm. the way that I viewed singing shows up until that point was these are fake, these are stupid, I hate these, this doesn't feel real or authentic. Yeah. Like and I just made fun of them all the time. So the yeah. first thing I did was went upstairs. I told the told the girl probably not interested. And I went upstairs and was like to my wife again. It was like, hey, funny story. This lady from The Voice called me and asked me if I wanted to be on The Voice. And I told her no, because those shows are stupid. And I didn't tell her those shows are stupid, but I told my wife that. And before I could even get done talking, she was like, call her back and tell her you're going to do it. I was like, I don't want to do it. I just said that I thought they're stupid. I don't want I don't want to sing on The Voice. I don't want to go do karaoke for 90 seconds. Or that's Which I think about as another example of the label thing. I think about it differently now that my wife forced me to say, yes, I don't think of it. And I don't see it through a lens of 90 seconds of karaoke like yeah. I did before because my wife told me to stop being stupid and to go do it. And uh, I called her back, told her, well, I actually called her back and was like, Hey, considering it, <laughs> I still didn't want to com- <laughs> commit. And she was like, well, all you have to do is we'll, we'll let you, you pass the cattle call thing. You do one, one producer audition thing. 
and then uh and then we'll fly you to la and you just got to do 90 seconds of a cover song and for the blind auditions she was like 10 10 million people or some astronomical number watch it and my brain kind of flipped and was like 90 seconds of a song that i didn't write for how many people 10 million people (laughs) nine seconds that's it that's all i have to do so i ended up saying yes but ended up being of course ended up being great and i would I would advise anybody who has an opportunity to do something like that to do it, but it That's it changed cool. it changed my outlook on it because I was being too cool for school, dumb musician guy about it, and and my wife made me stop. That's wild, man. And and so you chose to be on Team Blake. Did you get to spend a lot of time with Blake, or how much time do you actually get to spend with your coach? Um, not a lot, actually. That's um, one of the, one of the things going into one of those kind of shows that you have to be aware of, which, uh, the age that I was when I went, I was aware of how the world works yeah. and how the music industry works, and how TV works. So I knew that I was going into a TV show that makes TV shows. And if it's not a good TV show, yeah, it's not good anything. So people, people will say, well, they, they don't even think about the musicians. And I'm like, they do, but only the amount that they can to still remain a number one TV show. So yeah. If you go in there with that in mind, it's it you won't be surprised or let down by anything. But yeah, the amount of time I spent spent with him was, I mean, obviously when it's on camera, walking off the stage, shaking his hand. But they do rehearsals to where you you pick out you pick out your song, or in my case, they pick out your song. They give you a song, and um, you rehearse with the band. You kind of get your ducks in a row and figure out how you're going to do it or let the band figure out how they're going to do it. If you're not um, like musically minded enough, if you're just a singer, either way you find out what you're doing. And then the next rehearsal is with, with the coach and it's a 30 minute. I think it's around a 30 minute rehearsal and you're in there with the band in a rehearsal room and the coach is basically sitting on a couch or chair next to you. And you sing through the songs, maybe three, four times I did. I sang through them two or three times and then, um, that was pretty much it. I don't even think mine were, mine weren't even 30 minutes. Mine went maybe 15 max because Blake never had any notes. So we would just, he'd be like, great, good job. Do that. High five. So it's, <laughs> and we, we did that maybe, maybe four times. So a total of maybe an hour, a couple hours maybe, but it was, but say, saying it that way makes it sound like, all oh, right, so stupid. I only, you only get to really see him for it, but it's not, it's, it's not like no. that. He didn't, he wasn't coming in a lot. Let's get this over with idiot. I'm Blake yeah. Shelton and you're, you're just a dumb young guy. It, it wasn't no. like that at all. It's just, it's a TV show. Everything's really fast paced and you, you can't just hang out with them for five no. hours and eat lunch, you know? So it wasn't a lot, but it was, it was still cool. And for a lot of the musicians, they get, they get more out of it, but me and like my, my, my season had uh prior Baird and, uh, Kyla, uh, Kyla Jade and a few other musicians that were more experienced like I was. And for us, we would just go in there and sing the song and the coach would be like, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's and, great. Nothing and, to add. That's perfect. Yeah. So they don't, they don't, they don't do things just to do things. So it was, it was, it was good. Well, not a lot of time, but it was fine. That's cool. Yeah, I mean that's got to be a confidence boost in a in a way to have Blake Shelton go, yeah, give you a green light on something that you already figured out. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that. That was the best thing coming to come out of being on that show. Wasn't well. Obviously, I get I got eyeballs on me that weren't looking at me before, but yeah. there was I have a, a voice memo or a video saved of Alicia Keys uh, going on a rant about me for a minute. And sometimes that's one of the things when you mentioned when I get down or whatever and start doubting myself, my yeah. wife pulls me out of it and I watch. I watched that Alicia Keys video probably once a quarter of her That's saying cool. saying what she said. And it's it I'm like, oh yeah, well if Alicia Keys thinks of that, yeah. I think I think I'm okay. So it was it was good. Obviously you've done like you have a really decent sized footprint on social media. And um, but you've worked so hard to get where you are like it's it's not by accident or anything like that and and i think of you remind me of my dad in that way where he i remember as a teenager my dad has a plumbing business and and he was looking at what he had and he just thought man sometimes i look at what i have now and think man do i deserve this and then he waits a couple seconds and thinks yeah yeah, I deserve this with all the sacrifices that I've made and all the work that I've put yeah. into things like, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and I think that's the same with you. You've, you've fought for it and worked for it and, uh, it's just going to keep going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad I've, I've, I say it a decent amount, but I'm glad that stuff hasn't panned out like I wanted it to faster mm. than it has just because. For one, I mean, just on a, a shallow level, I would have been, if I would have blown up in 2008, I would be having to do now what I did in 2008. And what I do now is nowhere close. And I, I change and evolve quickly and frequently. And I, I become a different artist every couple of years. Um, but the other side of it is, I don't know. I don't know the person I would be. I don't trust the person I would have become if I would have mm. blown up then. Like if I would have blown up in my early twenties, yeah, I'm. I probably wouldn't be as good of a dad. I'd be a yeah. sucky husband. So um, I'm glad that it's worked out the way that it has because when I do, I'm sitting at maybe thirty thirty thousand followers on Instagram, which was um, eleven thousand three weeks ago because of that That's one happy so crazy. happy recover we gave it did a lot but Turning currently 30 sad. on instagram yeah exactly and then like 95 on tiktok which is which is cool but in the grand scheme there's people that have millions and millions and want millions and millions of more yeah. and because i didn't succeed as fast as i wanted to when i see 11 go to 30 i'm like oh cool That's yeah this feels, this feels great. I feel, I feel pumped about having, about having 30 instead of like, Oh man, the guy went, was on the voice with has 1.4 million. It's oh, yeah. in my twenties. I, that would have been me. I would have been like, but, but these people I know are doing better. This sucks. It's not fair. And I'm not, I'm not as good as I thought, but because of how it's played out, I'm not that guy. I think I'm a, I'm a better version of what I would have been if I would have succeeded quicker oh totally and that's that's the whole reason why i even do this podcast to hear people's stories and because it's all about it's not even about 
what you get in the end. It's about the journey, you know, it's for about what that journey will make of you and who you'll become in the process. That's what it's all about, man. If I, if I ever retire from playing music and become one of those guys that just teaches stuff, <laughs> like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to teach pro tools or teach guitar. I'm going to, I would teach young musicians of how to not become that guy that people become just beg, beg people not, not to do that and just let it, let it go slow. Or if it goes fast, how to, how to keep your mind in the spot of the guy before it, before it succeeded and before it blew up, how to stay, stay that guy. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Like that's, like you said, it's probably made you a better husband and father. And then it teaches you what's really important in life, you know, to be able to, because it's one thing to be a good husband and father, but it's also a good thing to have the enjoyment and understand why you should and to really just soak it all in. And if you're worried about yourself, then you can't do that. You know, sometimes yeah. people's egos grow too fast. So, yep. I think yeah, I great. know, I know a few of those guys. I know some guys whose egos grew too fast and shot them in the foot. And then also guys who, whose lack of confidence overwhelmed them and shot them in the foot. So there's a, hmm. there's, there's a middle ground in there somewhere. It's, it's very elusive, Yeah, but it's, but it's there. <laughs> it is. No, it totally is. And it's a constant fight too, where you're, you know, you, you have to have that balance, but it's not like some, <laughs> it's not like you achieve just perfect tranquility and the balance it's you're fighting both sides constantly you're just it's yeah. it's a constant battle with yourself but yeah there's that that's also what drive i think that that push and pull drives what makes musicians and artists good at being musicians and artists too because there's you have to somehow you have to not believe in yourself a little bit so that you can prove yourself wrong but you have to believe in yourself enough to muster up the energy to think it's worth giving it a shot. But then there's like, like, I don't want to, th I don't want to throw any, any musicians under the bus. So I won't name names, but you've seen those iconic musicians that are icons. They're, they're, they're amazing, amazing, amazing icon status, super incredible, weird record, weirdest record ever. Completely <laughs> out of touch makes no sense. And you're like, what are you doing? And what happened was they lost that part of themselves that's like that doubts themselves a little bit because they're surrounded by people like you're you're an icon, man. Everything you do is gold. And they're like, maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. And then they think they're making gold and it's garbage because they just, they've I don't know. I think you should be confident in yourself, but there there is a balance to where it teeters over into. I don't know, some, something that's not good, especially for musicians. It equates to bad music. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, that happened with Disney. I think yeah. <laughs> Disney got so confident and just thought they could produce anything and start making all this weird stuff. And it's starting to, sh it's starting to bite them back. Now they're suffering for yeah. it. So yeah, you're never gotta, too big to fall. Yeah. You got to have that internal voice that questions yourself and have people around you. That, yeah. that question you or you're just going to turn it to us. One of those super villains, the super villain in the Disney movie that gets 
that everybody's like, well, that guy's going to die in the end. It's obvious. <laughs> just know that happens to musicians. They put out one record and you're like, well, that guy's career is over. He's, he's, <laughs> he's way too Sucks. confident and surrounded by too many yes people now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, that's a good lesson to learn. You got to be, you got to doubt yourself enough to be humble, but then have enough confidence to take action. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, there's a Well, Wilkes, thanks for doing this, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening. It would be cool if you followed the show to see if you liked more episodes. Catch you on the next one. Bye.